While this podcast contains little to no explicit material, it is sprinkled with some uncensored swears. Listener discretion is advised. Plex is open. Oh, we got a lot to talk about here. Today, folks, we are going to take you back to the past to talk about some shitty movies that may have sucked ass. We are going full nostalgia critic today. Back back to the past Samurai Jack. Watch out. That was, that was during the Sarah, and that was good. So let's... It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're looking <laughs> at the movies, and we're yeah. looking at the movies of a very specific, weird era. Uh, 1996 to 2006. Yes. And the reason why is we're going to look at when the children's movie kind of broke forever. Um, there was stuff that was made at the start of this period that will never get made again. Uh, unless it goes straight to streaming. I mean, it, it, I mean, is it safe to say that the kids movie really, it just, it changed irrevocably? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because... Because as I said, there's stuff in 96 that just you don't see it anymore. And the reason you don't see it is it doesn't justify getting a family of four into a theater at 10 bucks a pop and then the popcorn. Yeah. You know, it has to be big, explosive, belongs on the big screen level stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was also the era that saw the first uh, CG films. Mm Mm-hmm. And we are going to talk about some of them, but we're going to actually start off, before we get into this, I'm going to list some movies we're not going to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave Disney's animation mostly at, at an edge. There's some animated movies they distributed, but we're not going to talk about the Disney films. We're not really going to talk, we're not going to talk about Pixar. I'm not interested in talking about Shrek, honestly. I'm not interested in talking about Shrek. Neither am I. Fair enough. They've been covered to death, and frankly, uh, they're still kind of in the pop culture zeitgeist. So, I mean, along with all the Disney films, yeah. So, really, that's kind of that's going to kind of be our rule here. Is if you know it, we don't want to talk about it because you know it already. There's no point in us going into stuff you're already from that you're still familiar with. We want stuff that you go. Uh, Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. It's been a while. Uh, Harriet Porber. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Barry, Barry, Barry Plopper and the Knowledge Stone. We are going to be... <laughs> the Knowledge Rock. Oh, uh, yeah, well, Paperback Paradise, too. The Shush Dungeon. Sorry. What did you say? <laughs> the, the Shush Dungeon. Yeah. Bar- Barry Plopper and the Shush, the Shush Dungeon. We're going to... We're going to be... Again, we're going to be avoiding all that. So, because... Y'all already know it, and, you know, so we're going to be looking at some stuff, and before we get into the, we've got five major trends that Zephyr identified, 
mm-hmm. rather brilliantly, and bless her for Thank breaking you. this down. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But I want to talk briefly, just very briefly, about a trend that was basically dead in 1996, but that ruled the first half of the decade. Y'all, Home Alone absolutely put us in a bad place in 1996. Mm. The, 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 the influence that Home Alone had on cinema is one of the most... Kevin Smith nailed it with his like parody of it. Now, I actually think Home Alone itself, the first one, is really pretty brilliant, actually, as a black comedy. But, like, man, the ripoffs of it were terrible. And nobody was guiltier of that than John Hughes. My God, he rewrote that script at least ten times that decade. And I'm not even talking about just the sequels. I'm talking about he ripped himself off over and over and over again. And I'm someone who had to sit through a lot of those. And the formula of kids versus bad guys... God, it got old by the end of the decade. Now, is that what you mean by the um, Home Alone clone? Yeah, Home Alone clone. Because I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what you meant. This, yeah, that's what I mean by the Home Alone clones. Is the kids versus uh, that trope? It wore itself out. It 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 died by the end of the decade, and you know, it was it was old and. <sighs> It was cheap, was the thing. Like, because just a quick list of them. You know, you had uh, 101 Dalmatians was actually in 1996, but you had... Uh, yes. God, and that was just a bad movie, and we're going to move on. Um, we, we're going, But, you know, you had um, Man of the House ripped it off. You had uh, Bushwhacked. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. You had Dennis the Menace is the Worst Defender. Dennis the Menace was an unconscionable Home Alone ripoff. And like none of these movies ever really remembered that the fun of Home Alone was that it was a wish fulfillment fantasy. What if you had power as a kid? Nickelodeon really fostered that too. Oh yeah. And there's some dregs of it in this era, so we're going to get into it. So let's get into the trends proper. And Zephyr, what's our first trend? Okay, well... I'm- well, first, I'm going to lay down some ground rules for uh, the cast. Uh, we are only covering stuff that was in the theater. So any direct-to-video stuff will not be found here at all. Sorry, honey, we shrunk ourselves. <laughs> or any of the Beethoven sequels or, you, you know, any of the Disney direct-to-video sequels. Ah, oh, damn, I had the Beethoven sequels on my list. <laughs> That's okay, though. I'm happy not talking about them. You know, Stanley Tucci was in the first Beethoven. Was he really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It was in between his hunk phases. We're only going to be covering theatrical works. Some great, some forgettable, and some you're wondering what the hell were they thinking. Each of us has contenders for the best and worst for each trend. So we're going to start off with property. The movie in which a a property, whether it was on television primarily or just an older IP, sort of saw a second wind in in this era. And it's important to stress the second wind part because of these, 
really only one or two were actually contemporaneously popular. Yeah, this was really the era of Blank's first movie or the Dash movie. Pokemon, the first movie, the Rugrats movie. Yeah, those kind of naming conventions. Um, Garfield, the movie. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one. <laughs> yes. So, good lord. Disney had a strong hand in in this park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not none of it was good. Because, like, of the handful of stuff that they covered, of properties that were never theirs to begin with, but somehow got adapted, we have George of the Jungle. Uh, we have Mr. Magoo, uh, My Favorite Martian, Inspector Gadget. We have covered Inspector Gadget. I quite liked George of the Jungle. It's the only... It's it's kind of an oasis in this department. It really is. It's one that I've been wanting to revisit and bless Brendan Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a shining example of, you know, besides the mummy, uh, his work in this era. Well, he's, all, he's in this category one more time, too, and I will nod to that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh... This was also the era where we saw Looney Tunes back in action. A movie that we have covered on this cast and loved to death. Um, about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the chance to revisit it today because I only seen it once in the theater. Like it was some back-ass theater in a lesser part of the city that no longer exists. Because... It never got that kind of foot traffic. It's okay. Alright? It's mm-hmm. it's not the cult film that everybody is making it out to be. It's just okay. It's a lot better than Space Jam. And I would gladly take this over Space Jam any day of the week. But it's just okay. And really, this was the film where you really didn't see the Looney Tunes ever get back onto the silver screen until, well, later this year with Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yeah. Yeah, because it was all television stuff. Like, there were at least, good lord, four or five different incarnations of the Looney Looney Tunes. We will, of course, always go to go to bat for the Looney Tunes show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that I will say that I I do prefer the Looney Tunes show to back in action. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. And it's, and it's down to so many things. I think the writing is sharper and uh, Lola Bunny is just a thing of art. Yeah. God bless Kristen Wiig for being out of her mind with it. Yeah, but if, if the director is not willing to discuss all what happened during the making of his film, maybe it's not all that great to begin with, because Joe Dante has not really said much about this. And... Very famously. I get it. I honestly get it. Yeah, I will say, I want to double back to George of the Jungle, because a lot of these movies were, you know properties that they would stick a property on and George of the Jungle is one of the ones they absolutely did that with uh, it was another script and they rewrote it into a George of the Jungle movie the thing is 
They rewrote the ever-loving hell out of it into a George of the Jungle movie. And I've always admired that, because they got Jay Ward's voice down. Uh, it feels like Jay Ward. It has that wit, that, okay, this is dumb and goofy, but at least it's funny. And it has a hell of a cast, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, if it had had a better director, I think it would be a better remembered film, because it's who, not... Who directed it? It's Sam Wiseman who did... Uh, he did uh, D2, The Mighty Ducks, was before this. So he's a TV uh, guy, not a notable director, but uh, it's it's still one I like, so yeah. He served. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Jay Ward, my pick for the best nominee for property the movie goes to the adventures of rocky and bullwinkle another movie that really 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 tried it it did if it felt like an honest to god uh how do i say it homage to uh the work of jay ward and did it in a it did it in a way that wasn't completely pandering to the older audiences who grew up with the show decades before, like mm-hmm. it, it walked that line, but it didn't go over the line. Yeah, I agree. And, and it kept with the, the style of, of humor that is, that was common in the show. And I really, it's a lot better than what most people give it credit for. I, I wonder if people would give it more of a shot if they knew who the writer was. Yes, do go on about that. Well, there is no writer with a more complicated hit modern history than Kenneth Lonergan with some absolutely brilliant plays. I've read his plays multiple times. He's a lacerating, genius playwright. Manchester by the Sea, Margaret, uh, You Can Count on Me. And you're all, no doubt, slamming your heads into a wall, realizing that The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle is his script. A man's mm-hmm. got to make money, so if he's going to make it, he might as well make it well. And I, I want you all to realize something. Timeline-wise, it's not unlikely he took the money from ma- writing Rocky and Bullwinkle to get You Can Count on Me made. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that works. Yeah, it's it's most likely that helped fund that movie. Think about that. And that, of course, would give us Mark Ruffalo and help Laura Lenny really get up into the stratosphere. That's that's a great movie. So, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also, again, with this era that a lot of television, television shows got their official big screen adaptation or second outing, depending on, on the property. Because here we had... The SpongeBob SquarePants movie, the Wild Thornberries movie, the Rugrats movie, the Powerpuff Girls movie. All movies that were actually contemporaneous properties, I want to point out. These were actually things that were popular then. Yes. Uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie, Teacher's Pet, Recess, School's Out, Good Burger, Hey Arnold, the movie, Doug's first movie, Clifford's really big movie, Barney's Great Adventure. All of yeah. these, with the exception of SpongeBob SquarePants, are like the most forgettable movies on the planet, I want to point out. I like SpongeBob, though. It has Patrick with the flag between his ass cheeks, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
as for older properties, uh, Sesame Street got its second outing via Elmo and Grouchland. Uh, we also had... Mr. Magoo. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Magoo is one of two nominees for my personal worst. Sorry to jump the gun. No, no, it's fine, because we need to talk about Mr. Magoo and how... Okay, so you have Disney starting off. Disney adapting a cartoon from a rival studio, UPA, into a live-action movie based on a one-note gag. A very bad gag. Oh, a horrendous gag, which resulted in the infamous disclaimer at the end of the film saying that it was not meant it was not meant to offend uh, people with bad eyesight who takes this seriously like the only good thing about mr magoo was that they did not include charlie yeah and if you remember charlie from the original cartoon you can see why Because that shit has not aged well in the fucking slightest. I, yeah. Um, Yeah. I have have to ask what your your other one is, because now it's going to bug me. Well, my second nominee for worst uh, property, the movie, is Thomas and the Magic Railroad. But it's with an asterisk attached. Because... The film we got that made it into theaters and then eventually to home video and DVD was not the full film. It took over 20 years and a very incredibly dedicated fan base. Like, you, like, honestly, you two, you have no fucking idea how hardcore the Thomas fan base is. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it extremely hardcore. Tr- j- just trust me on this. Um, but it took twenty years or so in order for a work print of the film to be put out into the public, and I use that in air quotes. Uh-huh. One of my friends, Sam, hooked me up with the work print, and I managed to sit down and see it. We've had entire plot lines scrapped wow from this movie different narration devices we've an entire character was written out of the final product that's crazy yeah now some of those scenes did make its way onto the shout factory blu-ray for the film and if i remember correctly there was like a script reading for the film not too long ago, where all the proceeds went to uh, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. So, you know. Hey, good on them. Good on them. No problem. Autism and trains. Perfect combination, I tell you what. At least you have a sense of humor about it. They're fun to ride, by the way. E- even after seeing the work print, there were still issues with the film as a whole in terms of Uh, plot holes and a few loose threads that didn't quite fit together. And so 
I can't really fault it entirely on that because there's there was some meddling involved behind the scenes, but as it stands with the final product, it's still not good, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Now, that, that of course, hasn't stopped the franchise from releasing a new special every couple months or so directly to video. Because, yeah, it's still popular. It's incredibly well, popular. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Will they ever do a live-action thing again? Probably not. Yeah, it just doesn't work. I could see someone like DreamWorks going for a movie, though. Yeah. Like, I, I will give the work print this in providing some rather humorous shots of Thomas just existing in the void at, as a model, but other than that, those are my picks. Well, then, let, I, let me get mine, because I just thought of one, and it's one that you didn't have on the list. Okay, which one did I miss? Well, the one that's going to be for my best, it's going to have to be Wallace and Gromit. Got to be Wallace and Gromit. Ah, son of a bitch, I can't believe I missed that. Don't worry, because I'm going to give us, I'm going to give it some hype, because goddamn do I love Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Amanda and I were watching it, and she spotted Mark Gaddis's voice. I was going to say, bless you for bringing that up. It's oh. God damn, I love that movie so much. I love Wallace and Gromit so much. And, you know, it's a case where the line is definitely blurred because Wallace and Gromit was shorts. They mm-hmm. were theatrical, but in the UK, Wallace and Gromit was very much a property. Yes. It was a big deal. And, you know, we've only gotten one movie with the characters and we've only gotten one short film since as well as a comic strip that I will be reviewing very soon. Not, not to mention uh, spinoffs with Sean the Sheep and then a spinoff off that. Very, very successful ones. So I, my love for Wallace and Gromit is hardcore. I, I love those guys. I love the characters. And I mm-hmm. love the hell out of this movie. This is one that I did get to see theatrically. Um, oh, you lucky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Wallace and Gromit is the epitome of you take everything that works about a property and you get it up on the big screen and you get it perfect. Well, my worst is, and this is going to be the obscene rant that was coming, though it won't be obscene. Um, God damn, was there a bigger difference between the quality of the property and what we got than over the hedge? Over the hedge pisses me off. It's not as bad as some of these movies, it's better than Garfield, probably. Yeah. But goddamn, what it could have been versus what it is makes me angry. Because the comic strip is brilliant. The comic strip is this barbed, angry satire about suburbia and consumerism. And that's gone from the movie. And so, yeah, that's that's my pick for... Not the worst, but the most disappointing. Because the other worsts have already been covered. I was going to point out that it was also within this era that Disney decided to adapt some of their theme park rides into movies. That is true. So, while, yes, you have the ever-popular Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, I'm talking more like the Country Bears and the Haunted Mansion. Movies that, yeah, existed. Oh, and I did want to make one quick point while we're to get back to the trends. 
it does bug me that a lot of that a lot of what we got was the last dregs of boomer stranglehold on the culture. Because believe me, no kids wanted to watch goddamn Leave It to Beaver the movie. Actually, nobody <laughs> wanted to watch goddamn Leave It to Beaver the movie. I forgot it existed till now. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I even saw it at one point on video, but I don't remember a damn thing oh, about it. I've never it. seen it. I have no interest because, you know, it just, I don't care. Bad idea for a movie. But then again, it's okay because there's a, because the way that it works is there's about a 30-year cycle of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And now the kids who were, you know, kids in the 90s are getting yeah. their nostalgia up on the screen. We'll be seeing Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog 2, the movie, next year. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. I should really afford that one. So, yes. But uh, Albert, what are your best and worst? I don't know if this counts or not, but uh, Good Burger was an adaptation. It's, it's in the list. Yeah. Yep, it's on mm-hmm. the list. Oh wow. Um. Yep. So Good Burger, that was one. Uh, I remember liking at the time. There's one joke that sticks with me on it, and it's the only one I remember from the entire movie. And it's uh, where Keenan's getting hired. I can't remember his character's name. It's like, do you... And I forgot what he asked, but it's like, have you ever been fired from a job? He's like, not to your knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a pretty good joke. I would imagine that would be good, because Keenan Thompson, from an early age, was the comic god. And, Mm, uh, oh, we should point out, it was during this era... That it was a big deal that he graduated to SNL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, did oh, that. he did that. I was two, so proud of him. He did that in 2003, and our generation was like, "Yeah, that's cool." Yeah, and, I was so proud. I I watched the shit out of him on uh, uh, all that, where um, Good Burger comes from, and it's like, yeah, this feels like he uh, he left from that to like the bit the big leagues, and he's and he's never left. Yeah, yeah, he's still there and still hilarious on it. By all accounts, he doesn't want to leave. He is, and I wouldn't either. And you know what? Nobody who watches SNL can fathom that either. He is the longest-serving cast member in their history. He's like, yeah, and that's awesome. I love it. What's your other one? I want to hear. Oh gosh, I got Pokemon the first movie on here, which I have a small story about. Like, I don't really have an opinion of it today now. Um, except it was what it was, but, um, it was, it was the inferior of the, the, of the two I saw in theater, which was Pokemon 2000 and the first movie I liked 2000 better. Uh, sorry if that's blasphemy, but, uh, (laughs) but no, uh, I dragged my dad to it and, uh, he would not give his opinion at the time, but he did later. He didn't like it at all. Uh, he, he would always claim I dragged him to it. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> I was 13. Um, and then years and years later, I drag him to Pokemon Dragon to uh, Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu, <laughs> and he would love it. <laughs> well, that so, one was awesome in all fairness. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just, it's, it's, it's the circle of life. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Rugrats movie was another one that loomed large in my past. Uh, I had the soundtrack. I don't remember anything about it. Getting to the worst. Um, 
Dudley do right. Yes, with uh, Steve Martin. No, Brendan Fraser. No, nope. that was it. Was that Brendan Fraser? Yep, Brendan Fraser. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Sergeant. I'm thinking of Sergeant Bilko. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're <laughs> oh, thinking wow, of that. Or or Looney Tunes back in action, where the, both of them are in it. Sergeant Bilko's actually one I'll go to that for. I actually like that one quite a bit. Yeah, not bad. Um, Funny, but no. Dudley Do Right was, I think, the first movie I remember being disappointed in that I was excited for. Uh, so I was like, this isn't funny. It was supposed to be funny. I don't understand. It confused me so bad. <laughs> that was that that was my uh, loss of movie innocence, as it were. So, yeah, I'll have to go with worst for that one. Well, let's jump then to the next category, because book the adaptation... It's funny, I think we can probably get through this category without... I don't know, It's this is an interesting category. So, Zephyr, yeah. I'll let you okay. talk. Book the adaptation. Uh, basically, if it was a book, or in some cases, a poem, or an article mm-hmm. that inspired the film, this goes in here. Uh, it's important to stress that the 2001 release of Harriet Borber was very much a dividing line on these, I notice. Like, you can tell which ones only existed because of Harriet Forberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, this had a weird mishmash of, of stuff, because you, you have stuff that's ranging from all computer-animated films, like uh, the Ant Bully or the Polar Express with their attempt at motion capture, which... Yeah, I, I like the Polar Express, but I don't love it. Yeah, I I saw the Polar Express in the theater. Not yes, did I? Not not my choice in the matter, but that's that's a whole other can of worms there. And a lot of attempts to launch a franchise. I'm glad you pointed that out. Franchises, yeah, books were big. You can tell which ones were successes and which ones were misses. The, the Chronic Black Goals of Narnia. Yes, the first Narnia film. Which was very good, I mentioned before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the four nominees in my best for yeah. this category. Yeah, Narnia won. I uh, saw it in the theater. So, so did I. Yeah, it, it's just gorgeous to look at. It's well acted. Uh, Tilda Swinton. James McAvoy. Liam Neeson. Jim yeah. Broadbent. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful cast and got all of that gorgeous work from Weta. Yeah, this was this was Weta figuring out who they were post Lord of the Rings and this was their first really big job after it and man, that they... That's why they. That's why they're still where they are. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, as for the uh, the books that failed, oh good lord. Uh, let Let's talk about uh, how to eat fried worms. Okay. Ah <laughs> yes. A book, a movie where they really <laughs> just threw the book away. They really did, and like completely changing the the plot and the stakes so drastically that it's just not even it's not even the same story it's really weird how obvious this is 
but the movies that are my best in this category are the ones that clung to their books, and this one didn't. Yeah, it's How to Eat Fried Worms. Most of you probably forgot that existed. And I don't blame you. So go back to it. Go back to forgetting mm-hmm. it existed. Alex Ryder, Operation Stormbreaker. They tried. <laughs> God, they thought this was going to be huge. And they dumped it. They really did dump it because I was a fan of the books at the time. So hearing that it was going to get the, you know, the movie treatment, I was stoked as hell because I mm-hmm. ended up getting a lot of the tie-in yeah, stuff. They like released this. the screenplay in print. I had the screenplay at one point. You know, the, the crazy thing to me about this is Anthony Horowitz is a damn good writer. Um, He's done some Sherlock Holmes pastiche that is just brilliant. Better than uh, Doyle in some cases. So, yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had the soundtrack for quite a while, too. And that was decent-ish, I guess. That era was good for soundtracks. Had the video game as well for the DS. And the only good part about it was the, uh, the Snooker minigame. But they had a 10-minute time limit on it for whatever reason, so you couldn't really do a quote-unquote full game of it, which, whatever, I was 11, 12, right? But yeah, this opened at our dollar theater. Yeah. I shit you not, this opened at our dollar theater for like a week or two. Miramax, when we say they threw this away, we mean they threw it away. We cannot oh, stress yeah. this enough. They did not, they were not proud of this. They, And the fact that if they had given it any hype, it didn't matter if it was good or bad, they could have competed with it. That just shows you how bad they thought this was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the book series did obviously continue after that, and it did. Still successful. Yeah. Haven't picked them up in ages, but. Uh, they did release a few more graphic novels based on the books because they did a Stormbreaker graphic novel as well. And then IMDb uh, TV decided to readapt this, apparently, which was news to me when I first saw it. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're really going to try and give this a second go. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a franchise that failed. Um, Aragon... I, I, I don't even... Just next. Next. I'll tell you what I remember is they had the teaser poster up for a year. And when you have a teaser poster up for a year and the movie makes no impact at the box office, you have you've blown it. You've blown it. Those books sold mountains of copies. The movie died on arrival. Oh, yeah. I sure was helping to see it, so... Yeah. Uh, we're going to skip past Shrek again. Um... Adventures of Pinocchio, the Nightmare Fuel one. I have one nice thing to say about this movie. And that is that they did a reissue of the uh, Carlo Collodi book. And I read it that way. And you know what? That original book is genius. That original book, I understand why people keep going back to it as an adaptation. I understand why it lasts. That book is brilliant. The movie, next. I I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, 
Why the hell did we ever make Jonathan Taylor Thomas a thing? I, I, again, I, I legit don't know. As far as one of the adaptations here, uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Woo! Oh, uh, yeah. It's not as good as Christmas Carol, in my opinion, but then again, very few Muppet films are. Be- because we had another Muppet film in this era. And from space, but... Yeah, yeah, from space. We didn't talk about it, and that was good. And then some uh, direct-to-TV films, like the Muppet uh, Wizard of Oz film, which was a thing. Yep. Yeah, a lot of these are things. Like Yeah, they're things. Well, it's, that's why we didn't waste any time on Garfield the movie. Which I will often hear people get seething mad about. I'm like, why? It was a thing. I saw it in the theater. Because as a kid, I would have kicked myself for not seeing a Garfield movie in theaters. And it was fine. I wasn't mad walking out. I had a laugh or two. But these are things. They're not yeah. movies. And we are going to cover, in this category, we are going to cover some goddamn art. So, you know. Yeah. But these are just uh, things. Yeah. Uh, the cat in the hat. Can we please move on from this? Because it's been beaten to death. <laughs> Love you, Chivo, but not your best day. The movie that is solely responsible uh, for, or what is it? The Sousa State putting a hard line on um, live action adaptations. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? And and you know what? The next adaptation after this was Horton Hears a Who, which falls outside of our category. That's a damn good movie, so good yeah this was the era where we saw veggie tales make the leap from video to big screen and and that's honestly its own separate cast let's yeah we're gonna leave that one we're gonna let that sleeping dog lie for the moment yeah yeah there's history behind that Stuart little we got the first film of it and the second one, too. The second one, they fall in the Yeah, yeah. Well, the second one is later yeah. in, a, yeah, we'll, in a separate category. Yeah, we'll but yes. But yeah. Yes. I, I like the first Stuart Little. Um, yeah. You know, the three movies that its uh, co-writer worked on in 1999 were pretty damn diverse. Um, Very much so. I mean, when, you're, when your 1999 includes She's All That, The Sixth Sense, and Stuart Little, man... You're, you're, you are, you are all over the place as a creator and you're interesting and yeah, yeah. God, I can't wait for old. That looks so good. And like the set design for Stuart Little is actually good. Oh, it's, yeah. It's yeah. one of the better animator turned uh, director, turned live action director movies we've gotten. Yeah. It does look good. And the acting's good. It's. Uh, Gina Davis and Hugh Laurie as the parents. I like this one. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. Holes. It, it's I great. really want to pause here and talk just two seconds on this movie. First of all, I talked about how the best movies in this era clung to their books. This is the prime example. This movie, with a couple of limited exceptions that they had to make for practical reasons, like Stanley not being fat, which was just a practical thing. It clung to the book. And you know what? We're better for it. This is... I know that you're. we all know it's great. We're not going to add anything by saying it's great. I also watched this with my mom, who was an English teacher and taught this book. 
and it was thrilling. It was thrilling. Oh yeah, we had our uh, fourth grade, yeah, fourth grade teacher uh, read the book to us chapter by chapter, and it was right around that time that the film came out, and I right. saw that in the theater. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic film. We all know it. Uh, the only thing that I wish is that it actually get a proper Blu-ray release. Yes. Yeah, this is one that... Because it's a gorgeous film. It I mean, is a gorgeous film, but you can still only get it on DVD yeah. from when it was released. In it, either widescreen or full screen. Oh. Yeah. This, yeah. this is one that oh. if Disney had any care as to what movies people actually like really care about in their vaults, this is one that they would be treating a lot better. Now, this was actually a pickup for this one. They acquired it completed. But I'd like to see, yeah, I'd like to see them give this one a 4K release. This is also the next to last movie that I saw uh, as a high school senior. Disney Mulan 98. Next. We know it. Yeah, next. I know it. Now, I'm going to go at bat here for right. my fourth and the final uh, best book, the adaptation nominee, other than Holes narnia one in mulan and we're gonna fight over this but series of unfortunate events yeah we're not gonna mm-hmm. fight too hard in all fairness we're not gonna fight too hard because it again i i grew up with the books they were still being worked on yes, when the film came out um i've listened to the commentaries several times and uh, the director explained that the reason why they went one, two, three, and then the climax of one was just for practical purposes. Yes. And I get it. It makes sense. Uh, Set design, really fucking gorgeous. Incredibly stacked cast of characters here. Like, you had fucking Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman showing up post Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. In a kid's film. Kramer versus Kramer is an amazing movie. Just gotta throw that out there. Okay. Jim Carrey, I know it his performance is quite polarizing. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get why it's polarizing. And even now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, this is a bit much. <laughs> it's Jim Carrey though. Yeah, like, it's it's Jim Carrey, but Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris at least yeah. showed some restraint when it came to the Netflix series, which oh, is yeah. also great. It is great. It's uh... the Netflix series. To be fair, is what this was supposed to have been, uh, because the Netflix series was Barry Sonnenfeld directing, uh, with a few others involved, um, such as um, Bo Welch. Um, yep, Bo Welch, who um, uh, he actually. Uh, Worked with his wife on it, actually. Huh. Because uh, nice. Catherine O'Hara was involved in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, series of unfortunate events. There were some really gorgeous moment, moments in it. It You can definitely get the atmosphere as a kid. Mm-hmm. Also, the end title sequence is to die for. I, I watched that shit a lot as a kid. Still do. But just... Yeah, it's one of those films where it tried, but it did get its second wind much later with the Netflix series. And Netflix 
yes, did it better, but this was a good first attempt. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And this is where it's going to get awkward. I'm ready. I'm all mm. right. I have to, I have to be the, um, I have to be the guy who's the killjoy here. And I'm going to say that my problems with this movie are not really on the film. It, because everything Zephyr said is true. It is well made. It is extremely well made. I actually think Brad Silverling, the director, is an underrated figure. He is a tremendous visual director, and I wish he'd gotten more credit for that. Not, not to mention, this film was up for a couple of Oscars just for the design it alone. Had an absolute beast of a team behind it. Um, I so when I, when I say I don't like this movie, and I didn't, I was even angrier in the chat, but. Honestly, there's an. I was reminded that there's another Jim Carrey movie in this category that is by far my pick for the worst of these films. Um, I, you know, the, my problem with this movie is I'm allergic to the material, and that's just all there is to it. This was never going to be for me, and it's unfair for me to be mad at it when mm -hmm. it just isn't for me. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say I will say that um, Emily Browning is very good in this. And that is something that I sure as hell have not been able to say about her very much, frankly. Anybody who's watched American Gods knows why. Very angrily knows why. Is she, um... Violet. Shadow's wife? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen past the first uh, few episodes. I don't want to be mean to an actor, but she is awful <laughs> on it. Um Aww. She curses as though she has just heard the word. Oh. But I, I am, but you know, as I said, there's a worse Jim Carrey movie. Um, I do want to really quickly, uh, you know, point out that there is one, one twofer that we have to point out, which is in 1996, Roald Dahl got two movies based on his books. And both of them mm, are all time right. brilliant movies that we don't really need to spend much time on. We have actually done a cast on Matilda. Oh yeah, we have, and the, which I watched for the first time for the cast because I loved the book so much. Both movies are Danny DeVito did Matilda, and Henry Selleck did James and the Giant Peach. And ironically enough, if I recall right, uh, you avoided seeing it because you didn't want to ruin the book yep. for yep. yourself. Yes, and, I did. Well, guess what? <laughs> sure as hell didn't happen. The movie is. <laughs> no. The movie it's is the, the best. It's the best possible adaptation of the book. Both of those are the best possible films from their directors. Um, mm -hmm. Zephyr, I don't think you're gonna. I don't think I'm saying anything too controversial there, am I? Uh, no, no, not really. These are these are awesome. These are movies I've watched. I've gone, you know, of course, Matilda. I went to as an adult. James and the Giant Peach. I go to a lot actually, and I love it. It's it's a great film. Um, James and the Giant Peach is not very faithful to the book, though, because they expanded it. The book would be really thin as a movie, and it's expanded for the movie, and it's it's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful mm. film. Uh, and you talk about another great cast. Both of these movies are top to bottom stacked. So, um, but I want to talk quickly about my you know my best has already been covered. We've already hit on all my bests. Um, but my God. Um, can we just take two minutes to punch on an easy target and flip Which our, one? let's, let's flip our fingers at the branch because the God cringe. damn that motion picture. 
There, talk about a movie that absolutely missed the tone by a million miles. You want to hear something bad? Yeah. I mean, it's I was 14 in my defense. Uh, I liked it at the time. We saw it in theater. See, I guess there was a dividing line because I was 16 when I saw it. And I walked out of the theater ready to burn the place down. I, I was supposed to go see it, but I chickened out for whatever reason and i didn't get around to seeing it as an adult however i did know a guy in town that i worked under for like a year or so doing like commercial work who had an a legit who costume from the film with Hmm. with some of the snow wow yeah this movie is just this movie is just it's a miserable awful experience and i don't want to talk about it anymore it's just ugly to look at it's unpleasant it's ugly dr seuss does not belong in live action period yeah because one of the worst that i had was cat in the hat yeah for very much the same reason it missed the tone it's ugly zephyr you've actually seen cat in the hat right yes i have oh i'm you took the hit. I'm so afraid to see it ever. Yeah, I'm never going to waste my time. I'm scared. <laughs> For real, though. Yeah, like, I, I, I didn't see Cat in the Hat until I was an adult, but mostly ooh. out of masochism. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't see, it didn't come out until I was on my way to being an adult, so. Yeah. yeah, and I do remember the marketing campaigns and tie-ins that they did for both the Grinch and the Cat in the Hat because they, they pushed those a lot. They smothered you with them. And Oh yeah, there was no way to escape it and hell they recycled some some of the assets for the illumination version of the Grinch when that was coming out, mm. which also is not a good adaptation I might add. It there's one there's there's one adaptation. It's Chuck Jones. That's it. Yes. We don't need anything else. So they used the same assets for from what? Uh, so, like, some of the uh, illustrated assets that were not from the book or the original Chuck Jones special, some of the assets that were used in the uh, promotion for the 2000 film were recycled for whenever the fuck The Grinch came out. It's a few years ago, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Weird. Albert, I'm going to keep this to you so we can... Yes. Okay, so these are adaptations. Okay. So uh, I'm going to highlight Nickelodeon's first foray into uh, the the film market with Harriet the Spy. Uh, the first time I ever heard of Harriet the Spy was actually an episode of, I believe, Clarissa Explains It All makes sense i think i'm right on that but i'm not sure but anyway um but yeah it was mentioned in one of the nickelodeon shows so uh, i don't know if that relates or not but there it is got rosie o'donnell got michelle trachtenberg uh i quite liked it yeah um yeah uh well well done and uh, every time i think of the uh that poem from uh alice through the looking glass it's i think of that movie i think this counts as an adaptation 
technically, but Prince of Egypt. Yeah, Prince of Egypt is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's art. It's just yeah. it's 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 a beautiful motion picture, and mm. first movie it's... I ever saw in stadium seating. Ah, nice. It's pretty dang solid. I saw it in theater. Yeah, I want I want to see it again. I haven't seen it in a while. But let's see. Uh, Polar Polar Express is a weird entry. It's just a weird movie. It's weird. It's uh, it was in that big kick of motion capture movies that Robert Zemeckis really, really liked and shouldn't have. Yeah, and um, that lasted up until Tintin, and Tintin capped it off perfectly. Yep. Uh, yep. With the exception of a sequel, no more mocap movies need yeah, to be made but dear god make that sequel right now make that sequel right fucking now uh but yeah polar express the eyes are just so dead um uh, tom tom hanks you did your best with playing every single adult role but um and technically speaking doing motion capture for the main kid too did he really yeah, oh he did. god he did i think i once made the joke that uh Polar Express, uh, where Tom Hanks plays everybody, including you, the audience. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Let's just, yeah. Um, So, yeah. Let's see. Zathura was in there, too. Yep. Not bad. Not bad, yeah. uh, John John Favreau. And uh, doing... Chris Van Allsburg? Yeah. Chris Van Allsburg. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I thought of one that we do need to really quickly touch on because it's a real gem. We have to touch on Curious George. Curious George, yeah. Yeah. Jack Johnson did the soundtrack. That's lovely little film. Beautifully animated. I did see that one in a big screen and it benefited. Very nice. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be a lovely film. I never saw it just because I figured it was probably out of my range by the time it came out. It's It makes you feel like a kid. And that's the nicest thing I can say about it. I've watched it with Lola, and she likes it. Well, shit, I need to see it then at yeah. some point here. Very good movie for a five-year-old girl. But, uh, yeah, I can't think of much you know, that we haven't already mentioned in terms of like yeah. real bad. Um yeah. I, I will say uh, one of the other worst picks that I had is it's Chicken Little. Yeah. Oh. We are technically avoiding Disney animation, but yeah. Yeah. I I saw that one, came across it, thought of it. It's like, oh yeah, it's technically Disney animated. It was the uh, interesting history because. Disney really pushed like the 3D aspect of it by uh, paying for uh, about a hundred theaters across the U.S. to have the 3D projectors installed. Luckily, the the B&B Lee Summit was one of them, so I went to see it in 3D. Beautiful in 3D. Um, I thought the ending was a cop out. There were things I liked and just things I did not. We'll talk about yeah. my 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 first 3D movie in the next category. So yeah, like yeah. I also saw Chicken Little in 3D because uh, one of the theaters did get the uh, upgrade for it, and I still have the glasses somewhere. Nice, me too. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, All just. Right. But yeah, Chicken Little was bad. It I may have liked it as a kid. Uh, the soundtrack, uh, them trying to. Uh, do a pop soundtrack instead of 
mostly original mm-hmm. orchestral work, it doesn't work. Like the only saving grace on that soundtrack is uh, Five for Fighting's All I Know. Frankly, John Androsic is a pretty damn good musician. So, yeah. But watching it now as an adult, it's just bad. Yeah, I, I haven't revisited I saw it when I was 19. Yeah. Shit, I was 19. Yeah, I was going, I was in the outer phases of a breakup when I, when it came, when I had a chance to see yeah. it. So, yeah. Yeah. Next. Okay, so our next category is sequelitis. Sequelitis. If it's a sequel and it was in the theater, this counts. Uh, good lord, they, uh, they tried. They tried. (laughs) Babe got one of the most batshit insane sequels ever. Yes. I wouldn't expect anything less by the guy that did all the Mad Max movies. Yeah. Yeah. And Happy Feet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Yep, same guy. The same guy's responsible, yeah. George Miller is insane. Mm-hmm. And I love and the original Babe. And the original, he basically ghost directed the original Babe. Um, yeah, about that. Um, I actually have Babe Pig in the City as my one of my two worst picks. There we go. We got that one ready then. Yeah. What's your other I, worst? But, though I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Well, well, Pig in the City. I just. I genuinely did not like because it it wasted Arthur Cromwell for one <laughs> just literally at the beginning and at the end and then uh I part of it is a personal preference for me but I just do not give a shit about monkeys. Yeah, I'm with you. Live action or animation i mean okay curious george was the rare exception i'll give you but that. george was a likable monkey yeah he was nice but i i absolutely do not care for putting primates in costumes or doing pranks or any shit like that get get that shit away from me unless they are stories tall and uh, swinging from buildings, or they're overtaking the planet on Moss, I don't care for them. Exactly. Those are two franchises I do love, though, so. Yeah, it just felt... I, it's hard for me to put it into words, but I, I don't... Yeah. It, it's not... It's not a good feeling to have... So I'd rather just watch the Babe. Babe is a classic. Oh yeah, Babe is a fucking classic, and it's mm. still great. Mm. Watch it with Lola. That's all, yeah. that's another one that uh, I know this goes a little outside of our little just thing. Outside, close enough. Yeah, just outside. Uh, that's another one that I dragged my dad to. I really wanted to see oh. it, and yeah, he went. Uh, this one's a twist. Uh, he went. Uh, okay, let's see the 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 talking animal movie. And uh, he ended up absolutely loving it. <laughs> he, oh. uh, 
introduced it to my niece when uh, she was of age for that. My mom had to take my sister. There was a night where we all were going to the movies, and so my mom's boyfriend took my brother to see um, Waterworld. I got take. I went to see a kid in King Arthur's Court, uh, which I I would rather not talk about. <laughs> I did too. Though it is funny to think about the cast in that movie now. Yes. Um, God. Man, that, that, that guy has fun. That blonde guy has funny hair. He's <laughs> silly looking. <sighs> Daniel Craig, how far you would go. Oh, mm-hmm. And Kate Winslet, of course. Um, but And then my mom took my sister to see Babe. The next night she demanded we all go see it because she loved it so much. There you go. So, yeah. What's your other one, Zephyr? I mean, this one's not necessarily a controversial worst film, but Son of the Mask. Yeah, it's it's mm. it's 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 shite. It's obnoxious to a degree that I had not even considered. Because I I bit the bullet the other day and saw it for the first time, knowing full well how bad it was. But God. I guess you could uh, technically say it did not disappoint <laughs> on your expectations or did it? Or is it like a Dewey situation? It's like, I expected nothing. And I'm still disappointed. Yeah, I <laughs> it was just bad, 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 bad. Yeah. I'm looking at these sequels and. The thing that occurs to me is so many of them, it's really like they're they're nothings. They're nothing of movies. Because I've been looking at this list and I'm trying to formulate what I could even say about most of these movies. And it's like they're like the, the trend seemed to be that if you were a really bad movie, you got a sequel. Hey, as long as it, you know, made some sort of money, they could cheaply produce another one. Yep. That's how we have super babies, baby geniuses too. Which, no, I did not go see. I knew people that went to see it for irony's sake. No, no, no. You have you did have a couple of cases where it was direct-to-video sequels that Disney decided to send to theaters, which is why yep. Return to Neverland and uh, uh, The Jungle Book 2 went to theaters. You have the totally only existed to fulfill a contract, The Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. Which, I don't have anything to say about that. I mean, why, why the hell did you make that? Again, contract. Um, the Spy Kids sequels are on here. And you know what? I'm not, even though I didn't like Spy Kids 3D, I'm not going to hate on it. I, I did put Spy Kids 3 as one of my best. It's ambitious. I think I'd be yeah. nicer to it now. You know what I mean? Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> ambitious. I'll, I'll give it that. And... Yeah, none of the effects have aged well, but sometimes you just need a good popcorn film. Just something light, zero calories, and Spy Kids 3D Game Over did that. Credit due, Ricardo Montalban is a hell of a lot of fun, and in his old age when he was wheelchair bound in reality as well as in the movie, it was really great to see him get one last really good turn on the big screen. Because 
you know, I'm like anybody else. I love Space Seed. I love Wrath of Khan. I like that he got a last little chance to shine. And man, Stallone is firing on all cylinders in this thing. Yeah. Who doesn't love Stallone uh, having fun, even though it doesn't count for this? Rocky Balboa did come out in this era. And you talk about a damn great sequel. Oh, that's a good movie. I do want to talk about a sequel. I'm going to make it. De- I'm going to do something insane here. I'm going to defend the sequel. Nobody defends. Is that okay? Okay. Which sequel? I'm going to defend D3, the Mighty Ducks. Okay. And I'm going to defend it on the grounds that it is the rare sequel in a series like this where they were actually saying goodbye. They were actually saying, look, we're closing up shop. You know, everything's, we're moving on. That's pretty explicitly the plot of the story is the characters move on to a new school where they're drafted to be a team. And uh, Emilio Estevez leaves as their coach really because he only came back to uh, get a deal to direct a movie. But, you know, it's like the franchise actually gave a sense of closure with it. And the smartest thing they did was they put a lot of on the back of Josh. For then, we're not, I'm not acknowledging the TV show. Because this is, was us saying goodbye to Joshua Jackson's character. And Jackson would, of course, two years later, rebound reemerge uh, with Dawson's Creek. He's gone on to be an absolutely first-rate actor. I love the ever-loving hell out of Fringe. God, I love Fringe so much. I don't know. I'm going to actually defend that one. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to defend that one. And uh, there was one other that I saw that I... And, you know, Shrek 2 is brilliant, but that doesn't need my defense. But that's one I like. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, nominee I had for best... Uh, sequelized was Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters. Under- yes! Yes, yes. And I have a theory about this one. I feel like the first movie was James Gunn going, okay, here, here's the irony-filled bullshit you want. Here's here's your irony, toxic bullshit. Let's, you know, ha-ha, look, it's a Scooby-Doo movie. Then the second one is him going, no, 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 let me double back. Here's a, here's a movie made for fans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely made for the fans, specifically with all of the lore involved. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to be campy. Like, yeah. Like both this and the first Scooby Doo movie, it, it's literally Batman 66 for the 2000s. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And I- the first one I just find is a little too much up its own ass about making fun of the material. A, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's be- It's better than a lot of these attempts, I'll put it that way. Yeah, because uh, Disney really wanted to try and uh, jump, give another jump start to Herbie. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. A, a film that has uh, questionable implications regarding Herbie, a 50-year-old car or so, hitting on a two-year-old bug. Oh. Yeah. Y'all forgot about that. Herbie's going to have to have one of those uh, uh, sexual predator uh, boots put on his car. Oh, boy. I haven't seen the movie, but... 
I don't know how stuff works in the Cars universe, but uh, no. I mean, nah. they do no. end up dating at the end, but... Oh, my. Um, I mean, Michael Keaton's in it. Oh, Michael, you really... This era sucked for you. The other two Rugrats films in, in this era, which... Let, let's be honest. Rugrats Gone Wild should have been a... television. Yeah, a television film. Yeah. Well, the thing about Rugrats is, and I have had to discover this when I've done some research into them for auxiliary material, and Rugrats was just never that good. I'm sorry. It had, the first couple seasons were okay, but, like, it wasn't meant to be watched past 1995. Yeah, I, that's about when I had to stop, because uh, I didn't have cable after that point, yeah. but... um looking at the i knew i knew that all grown up existed and wasn't really interested in that but uh because yeah once you move out of the premise that's it um maybe but uh i saw that it lasted nine seasons like that's there were six whole seasons i hadn't seen and that kind of was uh that blew my mind a little bit but no interest in going back, but still like, cause I've oh, never seen any of these movies just to be blunt. And I never will. I saw the first one. The thing about Rugrats is it's mostly about the art style because you really hadn't seen anything quite like that before. No, you know, these were babies that were not at all attractive in, in the sense of at least, being pleasing to the eye to, to look at. Yeah, they're not <laughs> like cute. these were some lumpy ass kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they were. And and that was kind of part of the whole peel, too, is that they were more or less realistic to humans than what most cartoons would do in that scenario. <sighs> and so, you know. Uh, Klasky Chupo then continued that trend for not only All Grown Up, but also The Wild Thornberries and Rocket Power, and As Told by Ginger, all under that same roof, all under that same style. Yeah. And after seeing what Paramount is trying to do to bring back Rugrats into the 3D realm... Please don't. We, we know what happens when you put it in the 3D realm. We have plenty of video games that prove that you can't do this. I do I do still have love for that theme, though. It is. Mark Mothersbaugh. Mark Mothersbaugh. Mark Mothersbaugh, who's still rocking it. Yeah, that that's my take on the Rugrats property, as, as it were. Albert, what do you have to say about sequels? Because... Ah, well, uh, there's one I want to bring up because it devastated me as a kid. Uh, there was uh, Homeward Bound 2. Um, oh, Lost the, in San Francisco. Lost in San Francisco, yeah. I liked it better, but there's a whole there's a whole sequence. And uh, I've had a history in childhood and now. Uh, I hate seeing animals hurt. I hate seeing, like... Uh, yeah, any kind of trauma with animals. Like, these were kind of... Anthropomorphized isn't the right word. Humanized. Yeah, but 
there's a whole sequence in the middle where one of the characters tells his backstory and it's that he was given as a gift for Christmas and the kid just couldn't give two dams. So they uh, left him on the side of the road. And that was like my first introduction to the fact that people did that. Yep. And Ooh, crying for days. Yeah. Holy shit. Like I don't, I literally don't remember anything else about that movie except for that little piece of trauma. <laughs> but the director of snakes on a plane is it really yes it is oh my god okay then well well done then um yeah there are a lot of sequels in here that i didn't really like you know free willy 3 came out in that era i didn't see that or two really yeah or if i do i don't remember somebody um, shoot that damn whale if it keeps getting in trouble <laughs> There's a Simpsons bit where um, you see, go, Willie, and he jumps over, and then you see, like, the shadow come down, like, ah, and then cuts away. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> Willie didn't make it, and he crushed Billy, <laughs> whoever his name was. It's like, ugh, somebody get the mop or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I didn't see any of the Brave Little Toaster I think those were direct-to-video anyway. Yeah, they were. Yeah, so... Which, for the record, the first Brave Little Toaster film is still not on Disney+, Plus for whatever reason. That's... uh No. Huh. Which is funny, because that was a Disney Channel staple back in the day, so... Oh, yeah. So weird. I saw it yeah. a million times. Oh, yeah. Baby Pig in the City I wouldn't see till much later, uh, when I did my stint in Shriners Hospital. And uh, it was strange. Yeah. It's very, very strange. Uh, Pokemon the movie 2000, I mentioned, but, you know, I want to give a little shout here. I liked it a lot because it was like the anime, but it took, I think this it did it better than the first movie. It took the time to let its story breathe a yeah. little bit, I felt, um, which is what a movie should do. Uh, so I liked it a lot for that a lot better and i'm not sure how i'd feel today but you know just keep that memory and i'll be happy um also <laughs> i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that uh weird al did a song for it yeah there you go that's uh, on the soundtrack and in the credits and i was it made me very happy it didn't fit at all uh with the song choice with the other song choices but uh it made me very happy yeah, I don't really have much in terms of the uh, the sequels. I will say, uh, I do. I did have a story lined up for Spy Kids 3D. I didn't see it, but uh, Mr. Croson, my favorite teacher in high school, band teacher. Hi, Mr. Croson, if you're listening, he told me a story of taking his kids to see it, and uh, you know, it was 3D with the the classic red and blue glasses. He said that his eyes hurt so much that for about two thirds of the film, he had to cover one eye. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, which is a bad scene, but I just remember that that story. And that was funny. Um, if I can kind of jump the track a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just for just for a small bit. Uh, it was an original and it was Disney, but uh, Max Keeble's big move. I did see. Um, 
like with friends just as sort of a laugh because I was, you know, I was in high school at that time. And it was a um, Nickelodeon movie under the Disney banner, I felt. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, (laughs) that's, that's. It was the kids versus thing. It was kids versus kid, but also I just noted that except for, with one exception, all the adults were assholes. Yeah. So, and that was very much the Nickelodeon brand at the time, but it was a Disney movie. Remakes are the next category, and uh, let's just shoot through this one because this one, yeah, can go through quickly. These are pretty, with the exception of Peter Pan, these are horrible. Yeah, I legit have no idea what some what these people were thinking because. 101 Dalmatians is John Hughes burning the fuck out. I actually don't mind Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but it's mm-hmm. completely unnecessary. It, it is very much unnecessary. Uh, Johnny Depp has no idea what to do as Willy Wonka. It's really, and... honestly, it's really saved by Freddie Highmore. Because yeah. he knows what he's doing, and he kind of gives the film a steering that it lacked otherwise. Um, Flipper. Who 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 remembers Flipper? Who remembers <laughs> that darn cat? Who remembers the King and I? The Parent Trap isn't bad. I will say that. F- Flipper had Elijah Wood, didn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think I saw it in theaters, but I am not sure enough to say so for sure. The Pink Panther was an insult. Um, the Shaggy Dog was an insult. Um, the only notable thing about the Shaggy Dog is. That was Robert Downey Jr. having to pay some dues. Um, and then Mighty Joe Young, I, I just, I didn't even see it. And I love, it was like, we're going to do a nice kaiju movie. I don't know, I don't want to see that. And I'm trying to, to get through these because there's one that I want to go off on with Zephyr. Zephyr, you know which one it is, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, for the record, uh, my best pick was actually 101 Dalmatians, just for Glenn Close Glenn alone. Glenn Close was great in it. Yes, she was great in it. The, her overall aesthetic was great in it. Not sure how that's going to turn out for the Cruella origin story. Yeah, Stone looks like she's having fun at least. And, well, I'm I'm a straight guy, so, you know, unfortunately, sometimes I'm swayed. Yeah, let, let's just get my worst pick out of the way. Uh, Jungle to Jungle, a remake of the French film Little Indian Big City. This is where you and I are in complete lockstep, because this movie is one of the most... And the funny thing is, I didn't hate it when I saw it in 1997, but you have to understand that I saw it on a weekend where Friday was Batman and Robin. Literally anything would have looked better. And that was because I was a dumbass 13-year-old kid. As an adult, yeah, Batman and Robin is better, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Batman and Robin is fun. Oh, I don't I don't think it's... No, I'm going to go there. I don't think it's fun. I think it's boring. Unless Uma Thurman is on screen, in which case it is suddenly electric. She's great in that. Um, but... My God, Jungle to Jungle is like everything I hate about the 90s embodied. It's about how you shouldn't work so much 
and uh, except that's a it's just oh like the whole workaholism thing is a bad thing and except the movie didn't believe it um, it's misogynistic very 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 misogynistic the women in it are all nagging even the little girl is nagging it's it, it's beyond racist it's almost it's it's breathtaking how racist it is yeah it is a movie that decided that Tim Allen and Martin Short needed to, to share scenes together a mistake that we would somehow make again by the With end Santa of Santa Claus show. 3 those two never need to be on screen together um, Tim Allen never needs to be on screen at all unless it's very Buzz limited. Lightyear Buzz Lightyear and I like him in Red Belt and that's it um, I like what Roger Ebert said about this movie because, of course, Ebert famously hated the ever-loving hell out of Little Indian Big City. Uh, Siskel and Ebert both hated Little Indian Big, Sit- Big City, and they were as just as savage to Jungle's Jungle. And even it, it was the rare movie that made their worst year list twice in a row because of the remake. And, and God, that title is so stupid. Uh, it's got Home Alone Syndrome. Where's Jungle One Jungle? I know. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Tim Allen doing another version of his misogynist self from Home Improvement, which. Mm, That had gotten old in 1997. Yeah, that was old. Um, Again, incredibly racist. Um,. Like, one of the jokes in the trailer ended up, like, not as, like, a final joke, but, like, a midway joke, if I recall correctly, was uh, Tim Allen asking if his name could be Man Who Is Well Endowed. Yeah. Oh, no. Can someone please put the Disney music behind that? (laughs) Wait, 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 don't do that, because I'm pretty sure that's a nostalgia critic joke. It is a nostalgia oh, critic joke. God damn it. Dang. Okay, he was allowed a good one. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. God yeah. damn it. So, okay, I will say this. In all fairness, that is one of Doug Walker's best reviews. So, But, yeah, Jungle to Jungle, absolutely bad. Um, it's an early uh, adopter of Papyrus. Mm-hmm. It is. As seen in the uh, title sequence. Yeah, this was astonishingly bad. It's 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 it, it, it floors you that it was this bad. Um, and and going back to what I discussed in in the last cast on streaming services, there are a lot more misses in the Disney house than you care to remember. I mm-hmm. I think that would be a really because I don't want to spend any more time on the remakes than they need to. Albert, really quick, I do want to get your best and worst because I want to get into the misses in the Disney original canon next. Yeah, um, I will say I did see the Parent Trap in theater. Lindsay Again, Lohan. That's a good one. Yeah, bad. Uh, it was recently referenced in WandaVision to great effect. But otherwise, as far as remakes go, there's not much that I remember. Like, I... I Remember 
having seen that darn cat on VHS. And uh, I don't remember a damn thing about it. Um, I'm just going to say one fun thing for that darn cat. Go look up the writers. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh, uh, really? Uh, no. I'll let y'all discover that. I'll let y'all discover that joke. <laughs> okay. Your eyes will well, pop, your eyes will pop open. The least egg. Um. Oh gosh. Let's Two see. very good writers. We're gonna go into originals, and it's such a vast ocean that I almost feel like we should just list our favorite. Each go around and list our favorites and our least favorites because there's just so many. But you did have a lot of originality in this decade, and I do like that. Well, Zephyr, what would be some originals you want to spotlight that you loved and that you hated? For the ones that I love, or at least as a kid and still kind of do now, um, Atlantis, The Lost Empire. We're going to bring up a Disney movie. Let's bring that one up because that's a good one. And I'm going to have a Disney movie on my list, too. So good. Yeah. Um. I didn't realize as an adult how much uh, the opening is nearly beat for beat from Stargate 94. Yeah, it is. Like, astonishingly close. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, you've got that good lore, the good backstory, you got wide and varied cast of characters, very distinct art style. It's beautiful. I almost kind of wish, like, I know people are saying that this and Treasure Planet should be one of the ones that Disney adapts into live action, but I, I'm going to say no. What makes this unique is that it is animated. Yes, it is animated and Y'all, we don't need any more adaptations of their back catalog in live-action form. Just fucking stop. Push this movie instead. It exists. You can tell people right now to go watch it instead of telling them to spend a cash sink on a a new version. Just watch this. Because people haven't seen it, so go see it. I kind of want to highlight robots for a brief moment. It, it's not one of my best or worst, but it's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, it, it's okay, but it's the I, again. I as I've said for most of my other best picks, it, it's the art direction. It's very William Joyce. Yes, it is one hundred percent William Joyce, and I was I love Joyce, so I'm with you on. Oh, yeah. And it actually had a solid uh, movie tie-in game on, on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Like It was I, very logical for that, so yeah. Oh, yeah. And actually a really... Like, the soundtrack for the Game Boy Advance did not need to be as good as it is. Like, how the actual composer uploaded the whole thing cool. on, onto his channel. So, yeah. Real fucking rad. The other one that I have on my best of list would be National Treasure, mostly because yeah. it it's a kid's mm. first heist movie, like a proper heist movie. Yeah, mm. I, I I'm with you there. It's it it's a kid's introduction to the genre, and they're getting it unadulterated. Oh yeah, like 
some of it, yeah, it, it doesn't seem to hold up nowadays, like how it's mostly a, it's still a male dominated film and you have sort of like the damsel in distress and uh, Riley not knowing whether to be actually smart or completely stupid in various scenes because he fluctuates like no tomorrow. Um, but yeah, every kid that I knew growing up and even at the time, we were all so hyped to see the Declaration of Independence being stolen. And that and even then, that sequence is still fun to watch. It's tremendously fun. And then that's early in the movie. And the fun thing is that it then just keeps escalating from there. Um, I think the fun thing about this movie is that my understanding is it was planned as a touchstone movie. And then they just looked at it and realized, wait, no, this this is this is perfectly fine. We can put this under Disney. Because it's there's nothing offensive about it. It's just fun. The villain is Sean Bean, and he's having fun in it. <clears throat> this is one I dig. This is one I dig. I actually saw this the same night as the SpongeBob movie because the owner of the theater that I was at uh, was talking about how much he liked it, and I was like, you know what? I don't have anything else to do. What the hell? So I made it a double feature, and that was a pretty great double feature. Yeah, and honestly, National Treasure is like the last good movie involving John Voight. Yeah, we can definitely agree on that. Yeah. Um, I was about to say The Manchurian Candidate, but that was earlier that year, so... Yes. Yeah. Jingle all the way. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> it's just fun. I'm glad, <laughs> it, you're, I'm glad you're sticking up for it. It, it. Arnold is a great comic actor, so... And it's Phil Hartman. And I like Sinbad. Yeah, this is one I can... Yeah, it, yeah it's just at. a fun goofy holiday movie you can throw on and again you don't have to look too deep into it all you just need to know is you know the terminator looking for a turbo man doll it's fun <laughs> and fuck booster nobody cares about booster yeah. <laughs> i do have yeah. a theory that this might have been a film that they edited down because it yeah. feels like it was probably a little more adult at one point but that's not a huge complaint. It is a film I like. Um, yeah, because, oh God, that reminds me of, like, I'm pretty sure there was a going postal joke in Jingle All the Way. There because was absolutely there, a going postal joke. There were several. Yeah. yeah, and Jungle to Jungle also did that. <sighs> yeah. Um. As far as my worst... Uh, Shark Tale. Yeah, I'm with... glad, you, glad you brought it up. So I'm going <laughs> to high-five you on that. Y'all don't remember how ugly that, that film looked. Yes, I do. <laughs> I damn sure do. It they, uh, the best way, the absolute best way to watch it is on the Game Boy Advance on their little movie cartridge. I love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, the, uh, it's the version it deserves. I actually got my copy of Shark Tale via a Chinese bootleg cool on disc. But it was like the full DVD, like the full English DVD, but just with a different skin on it. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, The character designs are just 
ugly a sin to look at. Like putting Will Smith's face on a fish. That was a bad idea. Yeah. It was a bad enough idea to the point where Hewlett Packard actually ran a sweepstakes where certain where if you were selected, your face could be on a fish. Oh Jesus. And they actually highlighted those winners on the DVD. Uh, so they are forever enshrined. Or trapped their souls forever. Also, uh Martin Scorsese. Why why Martin? Why? It's a mob movie. There are it's... favors you don't the, the funny thing is this was the same <sighs> this was the same season as the Aviator. It's not like he was down in a in a gulf or anything. <laughs> he was doing great. He had the goddamn aviator that season. <laughs> like it's so weird that for one generation this was the children's introduction to Scorsese. Where if you were born a couple of years later, it'd be Hugo. A little bit better movie. Just a tiny bit better movie. Tiny bit. But yeah, my other worst pick, also from 2004, Home on the Range. The movie that killed 2D animation for Disney. Yeah. Roseanne as a cow. Cuba Gooding Jr. as a horse. Austin not wanting to think about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Still remember the fucking slogan, Bust a Moo April 2. <sighs> yeah. Those are some really good, good picks and some really good, bad picks. Um, I, I'm not going to go into some, for my good ones. I'm not going to go into the ones that everyone's going to list. Uh, I'm not going to shock anybody to list Lilo and Stitch. Um, I'm not going to shock anybody to, you know, we know what the classics are. Um, I do want to say that I love that Robert Rodriguez got Spy Kids going in this era. Um, I, I'm i glad you brought up um, National Treasure. Um, but um, my, my, my best... Like, if I would list Elf as one of my favorite originals on this list, but look, nobody's shocked to know that I think Elf is a good movie. Yeah, nobody's shocked. No, but I do want to highlight a couple that I think of the original ones that are really strong. Um, my first 3D movie was Monster House. Uh, ah, there you go. Of the digital 3D, and I loved Monster House. I think I rewatched it recently. It holds up. Steve Buscemi does some of his best work in that movie. And I really want to underline that, that he's really fantastic in it. That's just, that's one that I really, really love. I have nostalgia for movies like First Kid, even though they're not any good. So put that as like my guilty pleasure asterisk. Yeah. Because uh, that's not a good movie at all. But I like that Sinbad was a thing. I think we were better off for Sinbad being a thing for a period uh, but the, one of the, the ones that I really do want to highlight that got completely overlooked, completely flushed away, if you will, was Crap, I Just Said the Title. Huh. Yep. Yeah, I <laughs> really want to underline how good Flushed Away was and how much it deserves better than it got. This was a fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, Ardman, I, I think the issue was Ardman going to CGI. 
Yeah. yeah. And the thing was, they didn't lose anything going to CGI. They kept their mm-hmm. wit. They kept their energy. And I, I really love this movie. I really do. I think this is this is an underrated gem, and I really wish more people would find it. As I said, I, I have love. I have love for the original Ice Age in this era. I have some warmth for it. But man, it's my worst list that's going to be the fun one. It's my worst list that's going to be the fun one. So, um, I, one of the movies that it never gets enough hatred is, can we, can we punch on Nacho Libre for a little bit? Yeah. Can we, can we, can we just, and Zephyr, I did see that you did have flushed away on the list, which makes me happy. Uh, yeah, I, I want to point out that this is a movie that makes me almost unconscionably angry when I think about it. I love Jack Black. And in fact, if I may put another one on my best of list, it was PG-13, which was a bullshit decision. School of Rock. School of Rock is one of the best kids' films of this entire period. And I'm not letting that rating change anything. It's a kids' film. It's so feel-good, though. It is such a... Oh, I'm not trashing School of Oh, no, absolutely no. It's just so positive and wonderful. School of Rock deserves every bit of love it's gotten it is such a wonderful film i love jack black um you know i'll tell you another one that i'll throw up because i think it counts as a family film is i love napoleon dynamite i napoleon dynamite is about what it's like to be awkward and weird and i love it i i love it i had the screenplay at one point so with those two things in mind jack black or you've got the director of napoleon dynamite the writer of school of rock coming together what the hell is this movie I legit don't know because I saw it for the first time like a couple of months ago. It is. It is one of the most. It is one of the. It's not even that I walked out of the theater angry. It is that it is one of those movies where I sincerely cannot tell you what the hell it was. It is I don't not, know who it's for. I have no. That's the, I have no idea. Like because this was, this was heavily promoted by Nickelodeon mm-hmm. in, in that time. It's not funny. But it's not even that it's not funny. It's that there's no place where there are jokes. There's not even a place where you can see where the jokes failed. There's just, there's no jokes. It is, a, you know, and whatever you want to say about Napoleon Dynamite, God damn it! at least John Heater could tell you where the jokes were. He was a good enough comic actor to tell you that. I have no idea where the hell the jokes are in this movie. And Black looks like he is, he's adrift in it. I don't even, I don't know, is he trying to be serious? Is he trying to be funny? He is lost in this movie. And it's really amazing how much, how much of our worst list has to include him. Because he is so gifted. But like, if School of Rock was him 100% in tune with what the material was, this is him just the fact that he's a white guy playing this part is wrong. Even if they try to excuse it, this is wrong. Um, this movie is just, it's baffling. And I'm glad I got to rant about it. Um, the other movie that I want to bring up, and I, I think I'm going to be real popular when I bring this up, is Jack Frost. Jack goddamn Frost. Yeah. 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 Um, I've... I hate doing this because 
you know, Michael Keaton is one of my favorite actors. And it breaks my heart that this was the highest profile film he had in this period. That sucks. The only funny thing about Jack Frost is that it is the rare movie that has been completely overshadowed by the direct-to-video movie that came a couple of years earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When people hear Jack Frost, they don't think of this movie. They think of a movie uh-huh. with roughly as good special effects. Uh. Yeah. The... Mm. Also, fun fact, more people from Jack Frost went on to better work behind the scenes than worked on this movie. Because, <laughs> because the writer of Jack Frost <laughs> at least went on to uh, write Identity for James Mangold, a really good script. Which which Jack Frost, to be clear? The Killer Snowman writer, the director, okay. the writer, the writer-director of the Killer Snowman movie went on to a better movie. Because he went on to Identity. <sighs> this movie is Jesus. God, this movie. Here's how bad this movie was. I fast forwarded through it while I was watching it on video. I was so bored by it. Yeah. Oh, and there's one big one that we did not get to discuss. Uh huh. And I didn't see it, but Zephyr, please take the floor on Kangaroo Jack. Ooh. Because we oh, were going. Sweet. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, so. I feel like we could just As, tell the backstory of this movie and then it would that would explain everything and be done with it. The trailers fucking lied. That's really <laughs> the best way to put it because all of the promotional material that we were well that I was bombarded with as a kid was about a talking kangaroo who mm-hmm. may or may not have stolen something and hijinks ensue. That whole talking sequence occurs in a fever dream that lasts maybe two minutes of the entire film. <laughs> and that was the and poster for the movie? That uh-huh. is the box it, art? It is the entire uh, ad campaign. The title of the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it got an animated direct-to-video sequel, Good Day USA. Where they had mm. to actually make that the plot. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, the reason that I want to bring this up is because, Zephyr, why don't you tell them what the movie originally started as? It's supposed to be R-rated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet Jesus, I'm going to have to pull up the info. Oh, I, here, I can give it to you right off the bat. Oh, please do. Okay, it was an R-rated movie from the director of Coyote Ugly. Um, it was a mob comedy and it was meant to be like just a, again, it was a raunchy R rated crime comedy called down and under. And they looked at it and it was completely unsalvageable. It was like, they couldn't do anything with it. The only suggestion they could come up with was I'm guessing this sequence was still in the original cut. The, the dream sequence Yes, the dream sequence is in... That's the only thing that anybody liked about the movie. So they cut it for kids and sold it on just a lie. On a goddamn lie. This is... Yeah, this is a legendary bad movie. And it, it it's, it's one of those movies. 
the fact that they pulled this off is amazing to me. So yeah, there's your, there's 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 your comments on that movie. But you know, those are the movies that I really really hated. Um, as I said, there were there was a lot of good stuff in this period. Um, there's some other because I was getting older and aging out of this. There's a lot of it that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I said, Disney did have some decent stuff. Um, Obviously, I'm an Ardman guy. Chicken Run was in this period. Um, look, Ardman was three for three in this period in my book. Um, they three tremendous, great movies, and I, I love all three. But a lot of what you were seeing was just blandness. Um, and I think it was because you were starting to see genres go away. The sports movie was pretty much gone by 97, 98. The comedy was, weirdly enough, gone for kids, unless it was something that was just dumb kids weren't there was no respect and that's why the spy kids movies really stand out because they were robert rodriguez at least being original yeah i respect that as for like a sports movie 2002's like mike yeah but even that was more like magic comedy it was yeah like i'm talking about the mighty ducks the big green Little giants. Little giants. Not great stuff, but charming, at least. And it felt like the charm was gone from a lot of these movies. Because, again, I feel like what I was seeing, and it really hits me as a... Sandlot. The Sandlot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, What what you were seeing was that it was like it was becoming cost prohibitive to just do a small little film like The Mighty Ducks, which I like it. I like it. It's not great, but it's... Now, the sequel to the... To be clear, I feel like The Mighty Ducks is the first film was very good. The second film is unwatchable shit. Third film is pretty good. So, yeah. But, God, I just... I mean, that's my assessment of those. Albert, I'm going to bounce it on to you. Okay, mine is very, very, very short. Um, and it's, it's two that I love um, to this day. Iron Giant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 1999 uh i have the um the recently released signature edition which is the slightly longer cut with a couple added scenes cool. um mm-hmm. that actually do the film pretty well but yeah brad bird as finest um he would go on to do some pretty great things and uh of course we all know uh milo pony creator lauren faust notoriously worked on that movie Cool. Just a little side note. Very cool. Let's see. The other one is uh, Secondhand Lions. Oh, man. I'm slamming my mm. head against the wall that, you, that I didn't think to bring this I know. up. I was Thank waiting you. for it to come up. But Thank yes, you. Uh, Haley Joel Osment, um, uh, Michael Caine, and Robert Duvall. Is that right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Great movie. Wonderful Tremendous movie. motion picture. Yes. Um, Probably the movie that, to be blunt, of all these that we've talked about, it's the easily the one that's the least known, I feel like. Yeah, which is a shame. And, and I uh, need to dig it up. Absolutely. Uh, it's, 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 a re- it's just really great cinema. And a little fun Easter egg fact, uh, like this is kind of told, it's, an, it's a period film. It's kind of told in flashback, and when it cuts to future, when uh, small spoiler, not spoiler, yeah, 
uh, the main character becomes a cartoonist. You see his cartoons about his yes, life, and those going. were yeah, those were uh, drawn by the legendary Berkeley Brethren of uh, Bloom County and Opus fame. It is a tremendous Easter egg for the movie, and it is absolutely. This movie is one of those rare movies that I guess the reason I didn't think to list it is because I always forget that it's not better known. Yeah, and I. I was just looking at the list, like, thank you, Wikipedia, for just providing comprehensive lists to comb through. But yeah, just uh, like, oh, Secondhand Lions is, is well within this. And it's perfect. It's agony that it isn't better known. Everybody Absolutely. in it is good. I will say Michael Caine's Texas accent is cute, to be blunt. <laughs> but it is, it's a, it's a lovely film. It's a lovely, lovely film. And I wish more people knew about it. I'm so glad you brought it up. And I did see, and I saw it theatrically. I saw it theatrically. Ah, again, you lucky bastard. Very happy to say. I had friends with good taste. There you go. This has been a very comprehensive cast, y'all. It has. I think my best assessment of this period is that it's a period of transition. We, we were moving to the everything's a blockbuster phase. But we weren't quite there yet, and it meant that we got to have some nice jewels. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it was an it was an interesting time. Uh, we were all pretty firmly in childhood phase. Yeah, I was. Let's see, it's it's an interesting phase for me because I was yeah twelve. Teenager still kind of counts. I was yeah. a twelve when it started, and I was twenty two when it ended. I was in fifth grade at the start, just on the brink of middle school. And when it ended, I was in my senior year of college, a semester away from going on to adulthood. So I guess it was really kind of two big cusps of adulthood that I was at. Yeah, I'm at, uh, it was 10 to 20 for me. Uh, I was I had I was about two years into college at that point. And uh, yeah, at the time it ended. Um, I was, uh, three to 13. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So pretty firmly in your we childhood. We really do forget that there is a much, there's a sizable age, get age difference here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, should I, uh, tell everyone what's coming up next? Yes, because it is yeah. definitely coming up next. Uh, well, uh, two things. We are actually working on uh, a crossover event uh-huh. that we will be uh, guesting on very shortly, mm-hmm. and we'll let you know the details on that. But for here, we're going to actually take the Omni part of the Omniplex to task. Yes. We're and we're going to look at concept albums. Mm-hmm. Kind of flicks that extended format. Yes, we are actually going to talk about music. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. There's a lot. There's a lot to mine there. Oh, absolutely. I cannot fucking wait. So, Austin is going way out of his depth next time. <laughs> oh boy. But yes, that is coming up for uh, near future, and we are very excited. Yes, but for now. You can find us at at our home at theomniplex.org. Tweet at us, Twitter us, 
uh, at the Omniplex Facebook, you know, facebook.com slash the Omniplex, the Omniplex at gmail.com. I forgot whether I had a podcast after that. It, it's the Omniplex podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. So there you go. And rate and review us iTunes, Spotify. Like, I don't think you can rate people on Spotify, but yeah, please rate and review us wherever you can. It really helps us, you know, on charts and whatnot. And uh, yeah, as always, you know, check out the sister cast, um, the order of the snoot that I do with my girlfriend tab. And uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Indeed. Yes. We appreciate you. Till next time. All right, y'all later. Farewell. Watch some good kids films. Please.